This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place, www.caringplace.org. Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now, here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We're known as the Caring Place, and have been caring for the homeless and needy since 1922. Good morning again. A new year, a new decade. I'm Ron Brummett. I happen to be the president here at the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. This will be my 30th year of being with the Rescue Mission. Uh, I have a great testimony of my own of coming off the streets. I've shared that several times on our program here. And yet I'm reflecting on our past year and all the accomplishments that took place. We just had a wonderful Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah season. We ended the year with a bang with all of our centers had special activities for the men, women, and children residing in them. And we reached out even into the community on New Year's Eve uh, to provide pizza and, and, and asking the homeless to come off the streets at, at midnight. So again, we do this uh, because we are a Christian organization and we follow the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how this mission was started in 1922. And so I just like to ponder a little bit about the history here this morning. Maybe it's the first time you've ever tuned into Mission Possible. This program's nearly 10 years old, and the whole press up is uh, precept rather is that we want to share what's good in our communities. Not only what we're doing in our centers in Miami-Dade and Broward County, but what the community is doing, what people are doing, unsung heroes, people that are helping so many different other people in different ways, uh, people helping kids with autism, uh, cancer survivors, people that are uh, coming back from war and overseas, our veterans, people that are just lost in our community, those that are hooked on drugs, those that are suffering from mental illness, those that are s fleeing domestic violence, you know, our women with their children. Sometimes uh, women will show up at our centers with uh, two or three children and they're pregnant but they're fleeing a very very bad situation and this all began a couple came down from Ohio in 1922 they simply wanted to share the love of God in practical ways and and help feed those that were hungry here in Miami and then in 1926 there was a giant hurricane uh, It was before most of our time uh, but there was a bad hurricane and it devastated the new city of Miami and basically the rescue mission at the time was known as Grace Rescue Mission and it was the only real social service agency in Miami so the business owners and people would, would come together and put their canned goods together and their food and they were able to feed people even back in the 1926 you know thousands of people every single week and then the, the mission continued on into the 40s and rebranded itself and renamed itself from Grace Mission to the Miami Rescue Mission. And uh, then in 1970, I'm giving you a brief overview as much as I, I can tell you. And then 70s, Dr. Frank and Maxine Jacobs, uh, they were at Allapatta Baptist Church. They got involved with the, the ministry. And actually, the rescue mission at that time was in pretty bad shape. Uh, it was not doing well financially. The buildings were old. Uh, and the leadership was just not there. It was mostly volunteerism. 
And so the Jacobs saw a great need, and they became the re-founders. They are my mentors, uh, my spiritual leaders, uh, Frank and Maxine. So if you're listening, Mom and Dad, this morning, good morning to you. Thank you for your many years of, of service and ministry. And when they took over, the place was in pretty bad shape financially, like I said. But things turned around. They turned it around. And then things started changing, and they started growing and they started acquiring new property, and God's blessing and favor was upon them. And in the 1980s, uh, early 1980s, uh, before there was any, any thought of having a center for women and children in most of the country, they very, very had uh, good insight to create one. And so they turned an existing building into a center for women and children. In fact, uh, Dr. Jacobs was sick and tired of seeing women on the street with their kids. And they came together and was very fortunate to start that. In fact, we still have a center for women and children in both counties. And uh, we are looking to expand the one in Miami uh, and to really have a showpiece there. We really want to get a piece of property and build a a first-class center for for women and children. So that was in the 70s and 80s. We began to continue to grow. And then that's when I get involved in the 90s, in the early 90s. And that's why I can say this is my 30th year. I came here in 1990. And we saw a tremendous expansion. We went up to Broward, opened up the very first comprehensive homeless center in Hollywood, Florida. And that was actually for the whole county. And then we had the uh, brainstorm to do something for the youth in the community in Miami. Because many of the kids that were in the community were coming from disenfranchised uh, neighborhoods, um, poor schools, a lot of drug activity, prostitution, violence. And we wanted to be able to help them at an early age so they would not become homeless. The whole idea was that we could stave off the next generation of homelessness, at least around the, the inner city of Miami. And so we opened up the Community Activity Center in 2001. And it was, it's a great center today. We have our own school there. It's not our school. We helped birth it. It's called Care Elementary. Uh, Christian Academy for Reaching Excellence. They've been operating for five years uh, at capacity. Wonderful, wonderful school and out-of-school program. And then we have our summer program that we uh, take care of the kids as well. So that's a whole different type of ministry where we're looking at uh, children and helping them to have vision in their life, to, to see a future in their life. And that's really what the scripture says. God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has a plan for us. He has a future. He doesn't want to harm us. He has things that he wants to bless us with. And then in, uh, we, have a, we saw a great need also medically. And people were not getting the medical treatment that we wanted them to get. And we we're very, very fortunate, very fortunate to have a, uh, a clinic began in 2009. That was a long time in coming. It was an eight-year process. But we opened up our very first clinic, our health clinic, in 2009. That is also a separate 5013C nonprofit. But it's uh, we have our clinic is in our Broward centers and our Miami centers. In fact, they're expanding into um, downtown Miami and other areas. It's a great place for our homeless and the the people that are in the community to come to. It's a free clinic. Uh, there is no charge, and people get wonderful care. It's been a tremendous collaboration between uh, the nurses, uh, student nurses, student doctors, doctors that come in and volunteer their time, pharmacology companies, lab companies, 
and we're I think last year 9,000 patients were seen in the course of a year and the budget is very very slim very very slim and that's because we have so many coming in to help us so we're very grateful to the universities and the, the medical schools that have helped us uh, make this such a great success and uh, we're, we're hoping that we're going to be able to expand that service and even perhaps dream a little bit and have our uh, a larger building where we can provide more services and include mental health services. So throughout the courses of the decades, uh, the Miami Rescue Mission and now the Broward Outreach Centers have uh, changed. Uh, the message is still the same. God loves people. Uh, we want to see people spiritually whole. It's one thing, you know, the Bible says man does not live by just bread alone. It's great to feed people and to house people and to help them with their problems, but what is the real impact in their life? Are they going to be able to be successful in life? Are they going to have a connection with God? And we don't shy away from that. That's in our DNA. You don't have to be of any particular belief to come in for services. Uh, you don't have to be of any particular belief to come and help serve the homeless and needy. We love uh, people from all faiths, all denominations. We're not judging anybody. Uh, we want people just to have a relationship with the Creator. That is our main focus. And we know, we realize that other religions and other faiths have different ways of doing things. But for us, we have chosen the path and believe that Jesus Christ uh, is the Son of God and provides a way into glory once one person comes to know Him as Savior. So again, our our vision this year is 2020. You know, 2020 is perfect vision. Uh, 2020 is also our 98th year now of serving the homeless and the needy. We'll have our centennial in just a couple years. I, I pray that I'll still be here and be able to celebrate that with all of our friends and, and people that have come together over the many, many years to make this such a great success. Now, you can get involved. In fact, you can still make a donation to help start the new year off right. You go to caringplace.org. You can find out how to volunteer. You can find out about our services and what we do. And again, bless you. Uh, may this new year be special for you, full of prosperity and health, and your dreams come true. Stay tuned right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. And we have in the studio with us today, Teresa Durenci. Welcome, Teresa. She is the director and founder of King David's Recovery. Thank you so much for joining us today. Leanne, thank you so much for having us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, just wanted to Thank, we can't, uh, we're elated to be here today just to tell you a little bit about our organization and how we uh, started about a, a little over a year and a half ago. Uh, King David's Recovery, what we do is we support victims and survivors of domestic violence, physical and verbal abuse. Um, as I've shared with you um, in our conversation, um, I'm a domestic violence survivor and um, we have recently released our book, um, Power of the Voice, which has four uh, significant testimonies of domestic violence survivors. And as you may aware, you are aware, um, with a lot of domestic violence survivors, we, um, we hide it. You know, yes. we share, um, we don't have a tendency to um, share our stories. We, um, you know, we live uh, in the uh, arena of, you know, shame and guilt. You know, we think that we've always done something, you know, wrong for years. I, you know, consistently um, hid my story. Um, and, you know, people, you know, 
I always had a story to tell somebody, no matter you know what I was going through. Um, I would go to work. I may have had um, you know bruises on my face, and I remember getting my five-year anniversary pin at my job, and I had carpet burns on the top of my face and on my forehead and on my chin. But I had that story. I I I, I was going to tell everybody. I fell off my bike. That was it. I was riding, and I fell off my bike, and I was wow. sticking to that story. And nobody could convince me of anything else. And so I lived in that denial and that fear all of my life. And so finally, um, you know, the Lord would just pressed on me, okay, it's time, it's time, you know. It's I, time to get it out. Yes. And, and I'm glad that you did. And I am so thankful that you are a survivor. I mean, here at the Miami Rescue Mission, and I know that we have talked off the air um, about what we do, and we help also uh, victims of domestic violence and abuse in our centers in Miami and in Broward. And even though I'm not a victim, I can definitely relate to your story and to other people's stories because I know that based on everything that I've heard from, from wonderful, strong women like yourself, that's a lot of the behavior is to hide it. It's almost like I don't want to share this with anybody because I'm afraid. And sometimes, you know, the women that we, we met uh, for the many years that I've been here, they were dependent of this person who was abusing them. So sometimes it was almost like not only embarrassment, but also fear, right? So I commend you for, for telling your story, for, for, for wanting to share this with other people, because I know that it helps tremendously to know of someone who went through it survived the situation and now you're willing not only to say it but to help others and i know you did an event i was invited to that event and uh everything in the efforts of helping uh the women but tell me about this book that i'm i, I have right here with me you gave me a gift uh a few books for the center for women and children here at the miami rescue mission and it's called the power of the voice okay tell me about the book so the book was written, um, it's written to survivors and victims of domestic physical abuse and verbal abuse. Um, we want to let you know that this is really your year to really come out. Um, just to share your testimony, we um, have shared our testimony and these are women from all um, cultures, um, socioeconomic groups, and we're transcending all races. And we literally, we, we don't hold back on anything. We share our testimonies. We let you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we want you to um, know, you know, that you can survive too. And we power our voices and we want you to go ahead and start, begin to power your voice, begin to get that plan, begin to educate yourself and let your, we wanna teach you how you can go ahead and, you know, get that healthy love. We want you to know what healthy love is and what it isn't. And, you know, we want you to be able to begin to get out of these unhealthy relationships, begin to um, first love yourself and know that, you know, God loves you and you can survive this. You know, my case, I was um, married to, um, at first he was an accountant, a pastor, and you know, he had many specific jobs, but I really didn't understand the love of 
that God had for me. And so once I began to really understand that deep love of God, God had to move me here from from Michigan to Miami, where I began to uh, attend um, King Jesus Ministries here in Miami and really understand that love of God that he had for me with um, Apostle Guillermo Maldonado. And I began to see that this wasn't, what I was in was an unhealthy relationship and had to. That is that is so wonderful, Teresa. Now, when if, if people want to get in touch with you or help the organization that you're, what you're doing right now, how can people get in touch with you and do that? They can go ahead and they can uh, they can email us at King Davis Recovery LLC at gmail.com or else they can uh, go ahead and reach out to us at uh, 786-503-5800. Our Instagram uh, handle is King Davis Recov. They can go ahead and reach us on Instagram and we're also on Facebook. Under the same name? King David's Recovery. Gotcha. Yes. Okay, now, when people reach out to you, okay, like say our listeners right now, they want to know more about your story, about other people's story, what can they expect when they reach with you guys? Is it to do events? Is it to join the groups? Is it to help in any way? Well, they can reach out to us with if they have specific questions, whatever their needs may be, if they need support, um, whatever their particular needs may be. We are here to service um, them. We are here for um, them to help them come out of whatever they are, whatever they may be going through. We're here to inspire, uplift, and help them to power their voice. And how do you do that? Is it like a meeting? Is it like only events? No, it's not only events. It's just whatever their particular needs may be. You know, we're going to partner with like-minded organizations to help them provide the resources that they may need. You know, partnering with um, events, uh, other organizations like Miami Rescue Mission, like partnering with you and other um, like-minded organizations just to provide the support and getting these victims in to the surviving survivor mode and to providing safe, safety and self-sufficiency. That, that's amazing because it's so important. And again, it's all about bringing that voice out and I providing the resources because sometimes a person who's going through a situation like that, having an organization, having a friend, having someone they can trust can make all the difference in the world. And I know because we see, we see that day in and day out. I mean, we have an amazing group of women here at the mission. They're called the Cover Girls and also the Girlfriends for Girlfriends. And, and that's our goal is to provide that as much support as we can in order to help victims like yourself like many others in your case now you're a survivor which I'm so again I'm so thankful that this is your story and that you're able to share this with others I, I thank you so much I want to go ahead and uh, give one more time the website where people get in touch with you our website is kingdavidsrecovery.com and also, you can also reach us um, on Instagram at King David's Recov. Uh, also can, on Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> yes, at King David's Recovery. I'm so happy that we did this. I'm so thankful for everything you're doing, for the beautiful books that you gifted uh, the women at the center. And I cannot wait to plan something and work together to continue to help others. Very thankful for your visit, Teresa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having us, Leanne. I appreciate it.
Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami and the Hollywood Centers of the Miami Rescue Mission. I'm so excited uh, to have on the studios with us today, Christina Rossier. She is the CEO of Students with a Goal, also known as swag welcome christina how are you hi i'm good thanks for having me oh so wonderful to have you i know that we have worked together in the past i don't know that we ever met in person like today uh, but i know all about your organization and i know you guys care for the community and you're so active in helping others and i know that very recently you took the team uh you went to my kitchen you i should say our kitchen <laughs> you fed our residents and you sponsored all of the meals we're so thankful tell me what is the tell me about swag first <laughs> swag is a club and a nonprofit organization that's for the youth to uplift the youth and to show them um, to giving back how giving back is important um, introduce them to life skills um, the kids keep their grades up you know we do different events as far as like the one we did with you guys uh, we do a lot of giving events, Christmas time, Thanksgiving, sponsoring families uh, for Thanksgiving and Christmas with food and toys. Um, it's just it's just a program to keep the kids' eyes open, uh, you know, learning life skills, making sure their grades are important and know that giving is very important as well. It is very important. We have such a beautiful community. We need to keep it that way. So the youth in the group, right? Are they from different schools? What are the ages of the youth groups? The youth in the group is from middle school to high school. So that's from age 12 to 18. Uh, uh -huh. It's at, is that Somerset Academy, Central Miramar where I work at, but also I expanded it to uh, Liberty City Elementary and a couple other schools. Now the kids who's not at those schools who would like to join can join. It's open to everyone because we're here. So you to do not have to go to Somerset in order to be part of SWAG. No, okay. you don't. You don't. You okay. do not. And and so how do they find you? So I'm sure someone is listening now and saying, "Oh my God, my child, my nephew, my niece. We want them to be part of SWAG. How can they find SWAG? They can find us on Facebook at Coach C. Rosier. They can find us on Instagram at C underscore Coach C Swag. They can also find us on Instagram at Swag Mentoring, uh, Snapchat Swag Mentoring. We're um, on all the social media sites. Uh, they can email us as well at Swag Foundation 25 at iCloud.com or contact us by number 786 526 Four eight five six, and I want to spell swag. That is S W A G. Now, if you're driving, if you couldn't get this information because you know we said it too fast, and you're driving, you're busy, you can call me here at the mission. I mean, I consider Christina and the organization already friends of the mission. They've come here many times, and so I have all of her information that I can share with you. And again, you can find them anywhere under swag S W A G. And if you cannot find them right away, you call me me now Christina tell me about the experience when you brought the group to the kitchen how did they feel how many youth were there with you uh, each time we try to bring about 15 youth uh, every experience is different only because uh, when we take the girls you know is eye-opener for them but I think this time when the guys went it was really an eye-opener because you know now some of the people at the mission center share some of their stories with the guys oh, so you that's know amazing you know learning how not to make the same mistakes 
I made so you won't end up here. And, you know, sometimes the kids can take life for granted, school for granted. But when you see real life stuff like, oh, man, like everybody can end up being homeless. Right. Because everybody in the mission center is not dumb. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They just made bad choices, which led them to be in that situation. Exactly. You know, so it's it's an eye opener for them. That is amazing. And and so much talent. You're so right. And I'm so grateful. You heard it here. Go ahead and follow Swag. They're amazing. S-W-A-G, Christina Rosier, and her last name is R-O-Z-I-E-R. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. You guys are amazing and you're doing wonderful things. Thank you. Well, once again, this is a wonderful part of our program. We get to talk to people who are going through life change and uh, really have experienced a lot in their life, and they're willing to tell their story. I have with me Ramon. And uh, first of all, I'm going to say, Ramon, thank you so much for being on our program. Thank you for having me. Well, Ramon, um, you have told a little bit of your story to me off air we're going to go back to your uh, childhood. Tell us a little bit about that, and we'll start there. Yeah, so I lived in New York City. Uh, my parents are from Puerto Rico, so they moved from Puerto Rico to New York. Uh, we lived in New York for many years. <clears throat> Unfortunately, my mother and my father got divorced when I was about seven years old. And uh, when I didn't have no father, uh, father figure, so pretty much it was my role models were my uncles, my cousins, and the boys from the block, which were a bad influence because of the drugs and the gang violence and just the negativity around uh, the poor neighborhoods. But you really didn't get involved in the drug scene? No, no. I really pretty much didn't like it because I was real athletic in high school. <clears throat> so pretty much I guess that was a blessing from God. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't want to be also a part of it because I've seen and witnessed uh, a lot of terrible things. So my escape was to join the military. Oh, that's great. So you're a military man. Yes, I was in the Navy for six years. And uh, <clears throat> it was really fun in the Navy. But in the Navy, alcohol and in the military, they're like peanut butter and jelly. They both cook together. So, so I, here you stayed out of that scene, even though you'd had the wrong influence in your family life. But now you go into the military and you're thinking, hey, I'm doing something great. I'm doing something great for my country. And instead, now you're you, you're introduced to the alcoholic uh, yes, yes. environment. Yes, um, yes. Of course, um, I have uh, alcoholic background in my family. So pretty much, I guess, is in my genes. I started drinking a lot when I was in the military. After I came out of the military after six years, uh, my mom moved to Miami, so I moved to Miami. And something terrible happened. Yes. Um, actually, my mom died and my brother died in the same year, four months apart. My mom died from a heart attack and my brother in a car crash. Oh, my. Four months <clears throat> apart. Now yes. that had to hit home and hit hard oh very hard i couldn't deal with it uh despite i was in the military and i have a strong personality it the uh, depression and anxiety just just took over me now so he kind of turned into the alcohol again but you also are able to hold a job so you've always been um you know good with jobs so Yes, to a certain point, I was called a functioning alcoholic, but the alcohol just caught up to me so bad that people started noticing me not coming to work or coming to work intoxicated, and I've been fired. Uh, I remember last year when I looked at my uh, 
my mail, my W-2s, I had 18 of them. Oh, my. Now, that's a lot. That's a lot of jobs in one year. Yes. Okay. And you were in the hospitality industry, right? Yes. I was a concierge. I worked for a prestigious company, and uh, I just started losing all my uh, ability to function as a regular uh, employee. Okay. So that is your catalyst of coming to the mission, then? No, actually, uh, a friend of a friend had mentioned me about the Miami Rescue Mission because he was here and he graduated from here. And he's a type of person that there's no way he could have been in a Christian-based place because he was just really bad. But uh, I never took it, at, you know, he gave it the information to me, but I never went as soon as he gave it to me. I had it posted on my refrigerator, and every day I used to see that, Miami Rescue oh. Mission, Miami Rescue Mission. And uh, one day when I was very about to get evicted, uh, I, I was packing my stuff, but I took the piece of paper, and I put it in my, my backpack, and I left. I was in the streets about three days, four days. Okay. Well, I'm going to stop you right there because I know that's what's going to bring you into the mission. So please don't turn that dial as we're going to hear more from Ramon. Well, we're back with Ramon, and he is in the midst of his story, and he's right at the place where he had the Miami Rescue Mission card that was on his refrigerator, and he was looking at it every day, and he finally said, you know something, I can't take it anymore. I'm about ready to be evicted. And yes, I was right about to be evicted. Um, actually, I lived in the street about two or three days. <clears throat> I didn't have to. I had places to go. I had people who were able to take me in, but I was ashamed of my alcoholism and all the disappointment that I did to other people and even to myself. <clears throat> and so you came to the mission. I, I came to the mission. I was here about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I had about like $1,000 worth I'm in $1,000 worth of money in my pocket and I was sitting at the front gate and I was contemplating should I go should I stay should I go should I stay and finally I got in um, and it was a, a it was a little bit shocking to me big surprise uh, I wasn't used to that element well uh, you weren't used to the Christian environment exactly that's my point the Christian environment because the Christian environment I there was never never ever a Christian dot in me so it was really hard to uh, comprehend but uh, as time passes by um, I've started learning more about Christianity and learning about myself and it was a really great help for me it opened my eyes and to know myself better especially with the help of the staff and uh, my counselors and even my uh, my bunkies you know there's uh, so many people here that you can learn from you'd be surprised well, the alcoholism, I mean, was that hard? I mean, you're coming into an environment, there is no alcohol. I mean, how much of a, of a draw did, you know, want to go back maybe just to have a drink? Uh, no lie, I had uh, urges sometimes because at the beginning I still was um, contemplating, should I stay, should I not stay, especially with money in your pocket, you yeah. know, big um, temptation, but... Uh, for some reason, it was just the the, connect, the connection I had here with uh, with with the people and going to church and going to chapel and the Bible study. And yeah, you said all fair. I didn't even go to church once a week, <laughs> and here it was like it felt like four or five times a day. Yes. I was being, you know, devotion, 
Then, uh, you know, you have chapel, chapel in the evening, you have group, you have Bible study. <laughs> That's all like, I hear wow. in my, my sleep, chapel, chapel, chapel. <laughs> but, but something it, kept you. Yes, and uh, thank God, um, now I'm the captain of the Alpha Spanish team, and I'm, gonna, I'm pursuing a associate's degree in hospitality. Amen. Yes. Okay, well, it seems like God is drawing you back to what you, you do know and you're good at. But you're going to go back with a different mindset. Definitely. More clear, more focused, and more positive. Well, that's amazing. Well, do you feel part of the ministry while you're here? Oh, definitely. I, I work in guest service, which is almost like concierge. Uh, uh, pretty much when uh, the volunteers come or when, when you have events, you pretty much, you know, customer service goes a long way anywhere. I'm glad you said that because I say that all the time. That that's what guest services is. It's concierge, yes. just like at a hotel. We're the welcoming committee. Yes, yes, we are. Yes, we welcome those that are coming in for the first time for a meal. Uh, we're welcoming in the new people into the program. We're welcoming in the volunteers. We're welcoming the donors. Uh, we're, we're just the welcoming committee. That's how I feel here. Amen. Well, we need special people that do that. Well, um, I would like to ask the listening audience, would you please um, uh, pray for our men and women as they come into our programs, um, as they're experiencing uh, this life change. Pray for Ramon. Put him on your prayer list. If you're a person that prays, then I'm going to ask you to put him on your prayer list. And there's so many others um, as he represents other men. There's also women and children that come to the mission. Many times you hear the men give their testimony, they're a little bit uh, uh, freer and easier to talk about their life change, but uh, Ramon, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for sharing your story. Likewise, thank you. And God bless you. Wow, what a great testimony for Ramon. You know, people come to us with different stories. They have different backgrounds, uh, but usually they just have a lot of pain, uncertainty. They feel like they're failure. And I, as I said earlier in the program, this will be my 30th year of being able to help the homeless and the needy. Uh, what a joy, what an honor, what a privilege. But that's what it's all about. We're serving thousands and thousands of people all during the course of a year. You know, at any one time, we have over 700 men, women, and children in our centers. And then we have our outreaches into the community and our other ministries that we're involved in. But it always comes down to, you know, that one person. You know, that broken person that come to us for help and whatever their background was and here you had a, a have a man that you know just didn't have good uh, examples in his life and got caught up in things he shouldn't have been caught up in. and that's what usually happens with drugs and alcohol you know you start off it's fun it's enjoyable you're with your friends but then for some people they just can't handle it and it becomes an addiction you know, some people can go out and have a beer and have some uh, have some wine, and it doesn't bother them. They they know their limits, but for others, it's a trigger, and that's why a lot of times people say once you know that you're an addict, that you're an alcoholic, that you just don't go back to that. Or if you're a drug user, you don't go back to any re even recreational drugs. You don't do them. You even try to stay away from pharmaceutical drugs that the doctors give you because that may trigger something inside of you. You don't live in fear. Uh, we believe that we walk in success. Uh, we don't want to have people with their head down and always battling, battling, battling uh, the, the drugs of the past and the history. You want them to look forward to a bright new future. You know, we can't do everything that we do, and we can't help people like Ramon without people in our community who care. And I'm so grateful. Last year, over 9,000 volunteers came out to serve 
You know, that means uh, people came out to, to serve meals. They helped clean our facilities. They painted. We've had youth groups from around the country come and help us. And you can make a difference, too. Go to caringplace.org and find out how you can get involved this year. It's a brand new year, a brand new decade. And if you haven't volunteered for a while, we'd love for you to consider us. Uh, we have centers in Broward. We have centers here in Miami. We have a thrift store you can get. You can help us with. Maybe you have some expertise in merchandising and retailing. Whatever your talent is, we can put it to good use here. And I want to tell you, the men and the women, the children here, when they see the volunteers come in, they perk up. Uh, we have a great staff, a dedicated staff, but it really means a lot when they can see others in the community. That means that you care about them, that you love them, that you want the best for them, and they understand that too. And many times when I go out, uh, go out to the centers, I'll see volunteers serving, I'll go shake a hand or give a hug, and I'm told so many times I got much more out of this than what I'm giving. And it's a, just a great way for you to start off the new year. So go to caringplace.org. Now, if you can't come down here in person, we're starting our Mission Hope Drive. This is our yearly, we do this in the winter, it's our hygiene drive. Now, can you imagine not brushing your teeth, not taking a bath, not washing your face or combing your hair? And that adds to the plight of the homeless as they're out there, plus the people that come into our programs where we have over 600 men, women, and children in our centers. That's a lot of hygiene products. That's a lot of bars of soap and toothbrush and toothpaste and deodorant and razors and so on. So these are purple bags. Again, go to our, our website at um, caringplace.org slash mission hope. That will take you right to the, to the page for the, the plastic bags. We will send out to you our purple bags. It says Mission Hope on it. And you can fill them with toiletry items. You know, go to your local store. Uh, look for the BOGOs, the buy one, get one free. So get a toothbrush for you and a toothbrush for somebody else, a washcloth for you and a washcloth for somebody else. For small amounts of Hope Tote bags, Mission Hope Tote bags, we like you to drop them off at one of our centers. They're listed there at the website. Or if you have a giant, you know, you're making this a mega project at your job or at your place of worship, we'll be happy to come up and pick those big boxes up. So again, go to caringplace.org. Help us as we start 2020. Help us with our Mission Hope Hygiene Drive and help us to continue to change lives. Well, God bless you. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. And may again, this is the beginning of a new year, so may your dreams, your prayers, your hopes come true in 2020. God bless you again and tune in next week right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place. www.caringplace.org.